touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Jonathan Strickland, and I am one of the two hosts of this show. And my name is Lauren Volkelbaum. I am the second of the empirical two hosts of this show. That's right. That is the precise number. Exactly. We, 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 aren't, we aren't firm on all the details all the time, but this much we know. There are two hosts, and we are here. Three there shall not be. <laughs> Three is... One too many. Four is right out. Right out. Uh, so today we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, an interesting concern that was brought to our attention. Um, so Google Glass. You, you know what Google Glass is. You've heard of Google Glass, right? Yeah, sure, sure. It's it's the little glasses with uh, Google connectivity that tell you all of your email and buddy stuff and et cetera. Uh, the can, weather. You can have all kinds of augmented reality experiences. Yeah, you can you can figure out how to to get around town by using a turn by turn directions. Uh, all without having to look at a cell phone. It's, you know, it, it pops up in front of your eyeball, so you're you're. Only distracted literally all the time, and you don't have to be—you don't have to turn away in order to be distracted. Right. Well, I mean, there's certainly some uh, some concern about distraction there, and and I should give credit where credit is due. Patrick Kelly posted on our Facebook page yeah. an article uh, that was called "The Google Glass Feature No One Is Talking About" uh, from Creative Good. And that's kind of what we wanted to chat about is some of the concerns people have had about Google Glass. So it's a technology that is in its infancy right now. Uh, the article, by the way, was by Mark Hurst. Um, the technology is, is still very young. So we don't have uh, a lot of uh, firsthand experience with this. In fact, neither Lauren nor I have had the chance to, to try one of these. No, no. I, th- I think they're they're currently going for, what, $1,500 and uh, only yeah. to – is it technically an alpha or is it still a beta test? It's, it's, technic- it's a developer beta, really. Okay. The, Google has an, a yearly event called the I.O. event. And at the I.O. event, uh, they usually uh, announce new products as well as hold – uh, very intense workshops with developers to explain how to develop for the various Google platforms and what those Google platforms can do for the developers. So if you are a developer with a big company that has a, a, a giant website and your company is wondering if there's anything that Google does that would make their website more uh, powerful for the consumer, you send the developer to the I.O. event to really understand this stuff, right? Uh-huh. Cool. Well, Google also takes this as an opportunity to kind of introduce new toys. Push a couple things here in there, sure, yeah, so understandable. They've unveiled things like the Nexus tablets. They've unveiled, you know, various Android devices. They showed off the Nexus Q, which was one of those things that did not take off so well. Not so much. And, and they they've launched products that were uh, software products that got a lot of excitement early on, and then maybe didn't work out, or or maybe they still are working, like Google Plus versus uh, Google Wave, which did not work right. out so great. Um, one of the things that they've talked about is is Google Glass. They had a spectacular demo. Yeah, of yeah. Google if you guys Glass. have not seen the video, I'm not sure if you're on the internet at all right now. But if, <laughs> but if you haven't, we'll we'll link it. It's gorgeous. Yeah. So yeah, Sergey Brin really kind of uh, blew away the crowd. He interrupted the presentation that was going on, the keynote that was going on at that time, to show off uh, a a an incredible series of stunts. Uh, that people wearing Google Glass were performing so that you could see what it would look like from that person's perspective because one of the other things that Google Glass has is an integrated camera. Right. And that camera can allow you to take uh, video as if you were looking essentially 
out from the eyes of the person who is who Who's is wearing actually the wearing headset. the glasses. Yeah. So it's supposed to be even one step closer to stepping into the skin of another person. You know? Right. And uh, and to taking that barrier of the camera away. Yeah, uh, the the video also demonstrated the voice control option that's going to that's going to come with glass, which uh, you know you can also control it hypothetically through head gesticulation uh, by nodding. Yeah. Uh, or or by a touchpad on the side of the uh, side of the glass. Right. There's a capacitance touchscreen type. Th- well, touchpad. You're right. Touchpad, not touchscreen. Uh, that allows you to do controls. Uh, but yes, uh, from the the most recent videos that Google's released, it looks like primarily you'll be using voice commands. So you'd say, okay, glass, and then you would give it, give it a, a command. command. Like, okay, glass, direct me to the nearest Starbucks, and then, boop, the mm-hmm. little directions come up. And uh, and also, we should point out, the glass is not pulling information from the uh, the internet all by itself. It actually needs to link to a smartphone device in order to get the data it needs to operate. So you right. are, you're really pairing it. Uh, with like an Android device, for example, you might use the Bluetooth uh, in in both the glass and the phone to make this networked connection. So the phone is almost working like a, a modem in a way. Oh right, sure. And the and the phone would be I don't know. I've read something about maybe Wi-Fi connection to uh, to glass, but I'm not. You know, of course, everything is. Well, and and of course, things that aren't incorporated right now may be incorporated by the time there's a consumer model. Absolutely. Like, by the time a consumer model comes out, we might find out that they've somehow incorporated a a cellular and antenna in there or an LTE antenna so that you can connect to wider networks and not have to uh, pair it with a phone. Wi-Fi or yeah, yeah. pair it with a phone, yeah. So anyway, uh, one of the concerns that have come that's come up, you know, from this amazing technology is that well if you're using this to walk around and look at the world through a digital overlay, like if you were to glance at a building and use Google Glass to learn what is in that building, like you know to pull up a Wikipedia page on it and learn the history of the building, learn what company is currently in that building, learn, you know, what yeah, they're do you see a restaurant and you pull the menu up in front of you so that you don't have to like it's across the street and you're like, is you're it like, worth crossing the street? Do I need to go look in that window. Yeah, There's right. people in there. Let me pull up the menu. Like, oh, Hmm. Yeah. Sloppy Joe sounds good. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and cross the street then. And then you get run down because you're not paying attention. Uh, no, no, no. That, well, that is a danger. I mean, there is always the danger that you're, but the idea with Google Glass is you're supposed to be able to, uh, to really concentrate on your environment with as little distraction as possible. Knowing humans as I do, I expect that a lot of us are going to be looking at the screen more frequently than uh, Google necessarily intends, but that might be just a behavioral thing right. that we'll have to work out. Uh, anyway, so it's giving you this information about the world around you, whether it's pulling that information out via pairing with your smartphone or pulling it from a network directly. The concern is it's leaving a digital path of where you've been oh, right. every, every, all the time. Every time it pulls something up for you, it, it makes a little log, you know, yeah. and then someone else can go back in, you know, be it Google or the government or et cetera, et cetera. Or a suspicious spouse mm-hmm. or a potential stalker. I mean, there are a lot of concerns. Like it could be, it could be something as simple as a friend of yours suddenly discovering that perhaps you were out shopping for a birthday present because they just happened, they, they just looked at your location data, not with any, you know, uh, malevolent intent, uh-huh. but then they're like, oh, Oh, he's going, why would he ever go to there? Oh, wait a minute. I remember last time I was there, I was like, yeah, there's this thing. I- oh, oh, that's going to be my birthday. Tomorrow. Oh. Yeah. Or like you, you're watching, uh, you, you see that a bunch of your friends have all visited a restaurant that you yourself really love. And you're like, oh, I didn't know they all liked that. I should go there for my birthday tomorrow. Wait a minute. 
<laughs> Maybe they're scouting it out, you know. So there's lots of, uh, of innocent ways that this could ruin people's good time. But then there's also the more scary ways. Like, could the government end up, if you were to fall under suspicion for some sort of uh, a crime, whether you committed it or not, could the government or a, a law enforcement official go and use some sort of digital trace work to see all the places you've been. And let's say that you are innocent. Okay. Let's mm-hmm. say, Lauren, let's say we're using a hypothetical situation where you are the, the victim here. Okay? okay. I've been, I've been wrongfully accused of. You've been wrongfully accused of, let's say shoplifting. Okay. Okay. That's, that's, a, that's a nice innocent one I like. I mean, I mean, not that shoplifting isn't terrible. Kids don't shoplift, but. Yeah, and Excellent. don't shoplift kids either. No, no, that's a different word. That's kidnapping. That's much worse. No, that is much worse. Okay, also, so then you have a kid, and then what are you going to do with that thing? True. Uh, parents, you can write to Lauren Vogelbaum. So Lauren has been uh, placed under suspicion of shoplifting, and so uh, the law enforcement has has uh, ended up getting whatever they needed to get in order to get the, the digital log of Lauren's activities. And they see that Lauren has not gone to the store where she was suspected of being a shoplifter. So she's innocent of that. But in the process, they see that she's been visiting a certain area which is known for something else that's really bad. Let's say it's an area that's a known drug uh, lab. Oh, no. Yeah. You've been going to this drug lab a lot. For the last few weeks. Well, I was clearly doing it for tech stuff research, but anyway, but so anyway, you know, that, that would then, sure. that, so there, there's that concern. And it, so it may be that you, it could be that Lauren is again, completely innocent. Maybe there's something else she's been going to that's adjacent to a place that is no, a known criminal center. But now they've suddenly got an even greater intensity upon her. And, uh, and there's even more of a, of a, uh, in, they're encroaching even more upon her privacy. Or maybe she did do something that was a little underhanded, uh, whether it was something really terrible or just a little awful. <laughs> you know, your <laughs> spectrum of terrible could be, you know, it could sure. be something that was, you know, really not that harmful or it could be something really bad. Uh, then suddenly they're, they can go after her. So the thing that, people are concerned about here is that it is a, a uh, privacy issue that it could end up making law enforcement, companies, other types of organizations treat you as if you had done something wrong, even if you never had. Treat you as though you were guilty all the time and use that sort of as, as an excuse to to further invade your privacy. Right. And then beyond that, there's also the the the, the fact of, you know, why was why would Google care about where you've been? It's because Google, remember, at its heart, is an advertising company. Right. The services that they provide are really so that they can also provide targeted advertising to you. Yeah. And the more they know about you, the more targeted that advertising can be. Correct. Now, targeted advertising is a a two-way street, okay? On the one hand, it means that you have to, in order for the ads to be relevant to you, you have to have shared information about yourself in some way. Whether it was knowingly or not, Mm -hmm. you have to reveal information about yourself for those ads to be targeted. Uh, but the other side of that street is the ads you get are more likely to be really relevant to you. Yeah, yeah. You know, for example, in, in a world where I get fewer advertisements for the NFL, I'm like, well, great. Yeah. That's a waste of everyone's time if they're sending me things like that. So. By the way, the same thing holds true for me. Fewer ads for the NFL would – because let me tell you, they're not effective coming to me. It's just ne- – Negatorily. Yeah. I will say the NHL used to be. 
before we lost our team. Anyway, tangent, tangent. Right, right. Bring so, it back. But so yeah, the these targeted ads uh, could be a positive thing depending upon how you use ads. If you are someone who actually says, well, you know, ads, I, I use ads to help me discover products that I wouldn't see otherwise, or to to land a deal for something that I'm actually really looking for. Like if you're in the market for something in particular, then an ad could be very useful to you. It can be great, yeah. And or you might see it as intrusive. I don't know. I've, I've been really struggling with this the past couple of days when we decided to do this piece about whether or not I actually have a problem with the government being able to check out people, like where people have been. It's tough. I mean, we should you know, stress we're here in the United States. We're used to a certain, at least a certain illusion of freedom, of freedom and privacy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that that depending upon your point of view, it extends to a certain circle. <laughs> you know, like some people think that it's a circle that's very, very tiny indeed these days. And others are saying, no, that's really too pessimistic and cynical. It's much larger than that. But there are people in other nations. I mean, the United Kingdom, for example, has closed circuit television yeah, cameras everywhere, everywhere. They are people are used to being recorded continually. I mean, and it's not that we're not being recorded more or less continually here, but, you know, by, by more or less private devices. Right. It's so. not It's not something like you, you don't see security cameras set up on every street corner in the United States mm-hmm. the way you would in, in only, c- cities in the UK. Only at many intersections. Right. Well, yeah. Because, I mean, I, I learned from the documentary series Sherlock that uh, they are all controlled by Mycroft Homes. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert. I, I learned that they're controlled by Torchwood from the uh From the documentary, documentary series Torchwood. Torchwood. Right, which was a spinoff of the Doctor Who documentary. Um, anyway, in the United States, we... Uh, we don't really tend to like that idea of anyone tracking us. Uh, and I'm not saying that people in other countries love that idea, but in the United States in particular, there's a big resistance to that. It's kind of, kind of runs antithetical to what we think of as our, our individual freedoms. And freedoms, right. yeah. So, uh, so there's definitely that, this idea of, uh, I don't want to give up my privacy, even if it's not for something nefarious, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you see these trends in the United States of people using things like Facebook and Foursquare to to uh, voluntarily give up massive amounts of information. Oh, yeah, yeah. There, as of January 2013, um, and we're, we're recording this in March of 2013, by the way, um, 30 million people worldwide have made over 3 billion check-ins on Foursquare alone. Right, and that that's voluntarily giving up your location to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, on purpose. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's one of those things where it's if it's your choice, then that's one thing. Uh-huh, if it's something sure. that's happening in the background, then that suddenly seems not so cool. Oh right. And you know, I, I think that that's going to be the tipping point for for a lot of people. If they can get something out of this, then they're going to go, Yeah, well, okay, you know. Yeah. And, you know, and, and also, you know, one of the other concerns is that um if people are taking video all the time on on Google Glass, and and that maybe you're not even aware of when people are taking video on Google Glass, that there is going to become this this database of of visual information about everybody available all the time, and that through things like facial recognition software, people will be able to tag your your location, even your speech. Interesting. You know, I want to talk more about that, but before we get into that discussion, let's take a quick moment to thank our sponsor. All right, we're back now. 
now, Lauren, you were bringing up something really interesting. And in fact, we should say this is really the, the, the centerpiece of Mark Hurst's article, uh, the Google Glass feature no one is talking about. He does address this idea of giving up your privacy and the whole voluntary versus involuntary thing. But he says that perhaps what's even more worrisome is the fact that Google Glass is also a video camera and that you can be recording at any time and that um, he worries that there might not be any indication that the camera is recording. Oh, right. Sure. Well, you know, I think that right now there's a, there's an LED or something yeah. that flashes when it's recording. Exactly. But, uh, you know, it's the same way that I know lots of people who have electrical tape over the webcam on their laptop. They might just cover up the little light so that you don't necessarily know that it's recording. Um, also, there's there's the concern that perhaps a future uh, version of this would either not have the light mm-hmm. or would actually be constantly Or that Trixie recording. Google would be... Recording All without the time. telling you, yeah. And that Google wants to open this up to developers. I mean, they, that's why they had the developer beta, which in which every single pair of these things was fifteen hundred dollars. Uh, now we don't expect that to be the end consumer price once this becomes a a consumer product. I I would imagine it's going to be significantly less than that. Uh, otherwise, I don't think they're going to have much of a market. Right. No. Uh, especially when you take a look at these things, they're a little, you know, they're still a little bit clunky. They're still a little clunky. They they've been partnering with some eyeglass designers, so you know that. The, oh yeah, no, the, I, th- I think that the finalized product is going to be sleeker and very yeah. much sleeker. Yeah, and it'll and it'll, again, it'll probably be although I kind of less I expensive. Dig the Jordi vi- visor, kind of. And also. In the interest of full disclosure, I completely intend on getting a pair of these. I really do. I mean, I I, I am aware of these pr- concerns and I understand them and I don't disagree with them. At the same time, I am incredibly excited by this technology. But a- as Hearst points out and as you pointed out, Lauren, having a access to a video camera all the time that's mounted, ready to go to shoot at a moment's notice, all you have to say is, Okay, glass, start recording. Or tap a button or, on the side yeah. or, and or nod your nod head. nod your head a certain way or mm-hmm. whatever. Once it's going, uh, like, you can't be certain that, you know, you're not being filmed at any particular time. Mm-hmm. I know filmed is obviously the wrong word, but we're going to use it because that's the vernacular, the colloquial term. So if you walk into a, a room and you see that someone's wearing Google Glass, if you can't see that light, uh, if the light's not visible or if, if they've covered it up somehow or if it's just not even part of the that particular form factor, you can't really be sure you're not being captured on video. Oh, right. Yeah. I, although I would argue that the same is true these days with smartphones, that, you know, sure. if, if anyone is sitting in a restaurant with a smartphone out you can't or, be, or, or even not out, you know, it, yeah. it could be recording audio. Yeah, that's true. You can't you cannot be uh, sure. And there certainly there are times where I was holding up a phone in order to get a signal. And then I realized that the way it I'm holding this phone, like... it looks like I'm trying to take a photo of that dude who's sitting <laughs> three three aisles down from the airport where I am. And he hasn't noticed yet, which is probably good for both me and him. Right. Uh, so I'm going to stop doing that now. But yeah, that's it's part of our reality already. It's just that to make that even more integrated into right, our reality. It be more prevalent and more integrated. And... and again, like you were saying with the facial recognition and all that, th- these are things that Google Glass could easily incorporate, whether it's a third-party app mm-hmm. or it's something that's natively designed for the actual Google Glass experience. Sure. Because, you know, Google Google's got a history also of saying, oh, these guys had a great idea. Let's, let's go to them. We'll mm-hmm. buy the company. 
and we'll incorporate that directly into the product. So it's no longer an app that you add on. It's a it's a it's native feature. Yeah. yeah. Right. So if that native feature involves things like, hey, I, t- I shot this great video. I, uh, we had karaoke. It was fantastic. I recorded it. Uh, it automatically tags all my friends because they're already connected to my Google account. So mm-hmm. uh, so now you know exactly who's in there. All of them can can uh, search it and they can watch it. It's entertaining. That sounds awesome. But if it's one of those things where, hey, I was at this place when this terrible catastrophe occurred mm-hmm. and I decided to capture video of it, mm-hmm. that video might be uh, might be useful, but it might also mean that certain people's faces are being tagged and those people, like, it could end up being a real mess for things like first responders. It could oh, be sure. uh, the law enforcement officials. Like, it, you know, in some cases you're thinking like, well, this is good because it's going to give me a record of what's going on. In other cases you're thinking like, all right, well, what would happen terribly tragic situation occurs uh someone uh, someone or multiple people die as a result of this horrible hypothetical tragedy okay someone who is there has google glass they're recording it mm-hmm. uh and because of the cloud based nature of it's some app, immediately uploaded uh-huh. it's uploaded people and are tagged it's people are tagged like including people who have died mm-hmm. and that's how you find it out that one of your loved ones has perished because they've been tagged in a video and it pops up on some sort of Google alert or something. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's one of those concerns is that, and and it sounds, it's, it It sounds far fetched right now. Uh, you know, especially since I'm less familiar with Google plus, but I know that on Facebook, you can opt out of their entire, entire facial recognition system. Sure. And tell it to never do that. And it will just never form the, uh, the particular logarithm for you. Right, right, right. And, and in most cases, that's the way it works, uh, as well. Like, Like Google, with Google Plus, if someone tags me in a photo, it gives me the the option of either accepting the tag or denying it. Mm-hmm. So it's the same sort of thing. It's just one of those questions of if this ends up being like a third party app mm-hmm. that gets added on so that there's a particular website where videos will get uh, hosted, then uh, and it's not YouTube. It's mm-hmm. not something like that. And and the this person who's wearing the glasses happens to be part of that, then just because uh you know YouTube follows this rule or Facebook follows this rule or Google Plus follows this rule doesn't mean that these third parties are necessarily going to follow the rule so here the interesting part of the question is no longer the privacy of the individual who's wearing the glasses it's the privacy of everyone that person comes into contact with because they could potentially be caught on camera right right and and you know i don't know it raises a lot of a lot of interesting thoughts because on the one hand, you know, if, if you're squeamish about getting tagged and stuff, it's like, well, don't do stuff that you don't want people to know that you've done. Yeah, but that's a that's one of those arguments that's but just that's, yeah. it's a kind of it's a weak argument, right? It's a very weak argument, and and also, you know, there's you get you get a little bit a little bit 1984 yeah. at that point where yeah. where if, if if you assume that you're being watched at any given moment and therefore you have to live as though right. you are being watched. Like the only reason to behave a certain way is because you'll get in trouble if you do not that. The the more you pursue that, the more uh, totalitarian it gets, the more Orwellian it gets. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, Foucault talked a lot about that in uh, in the seventies with about panopticons and stuff like that. And that and that's actually what some of this uh some of these fears about Google Glass really reminded me of. And mm-hmm. uh I, I looked up some of the original quotes from uh Jeremy Bentham, who's the guy who created the Panopticon. Panopticon, of course, being um a prison model. This was back in 1787 that he mm-hmm. came up with, wherein you can have a single guard tower in the middle watching a, a ring of prisoner cells all the way around it. Um, and it's set up so that 
it doesn't matter whether there's a guard in that tower or not at a certain point because the people, perception is the, that there is someone watching you. That there is you. someone there and, and that they are watching you. And he said that this is a this is a new mode of obtaining power of mind over mind and a quantity hitherto without example. And that to a degree equally without example secured by whoever chooses to have it so. So yeah, there you've got that just spread out through an entire culture because instead of it being a guard tower, it's the dude wearing the funky glasses across the street. And all the dudes wearing the funky glasses right, because, all over the street. Because, you know, right now it's going to be a very few people who have this because they're it's developers or folks who had $1,500 to burn. Um, but otherwise, no, you didn't, you didn't get that opportunity. So it's not like you're likely to run into this on a regular basis unless you happen to be in the, I guess, San Francisco area where you hmm. might run into them a little more frequently. Right. But once this gets rolled out into the consumer model, assuming that it does, and I, I see no reason to assume otherwise, then we're going to see it start to, uh, to filter out there. Now, I think that knowing about these concerns means a couple of things. It means, one, that the people who are working on apps, the people who are working on the products itself uh, or themselves, uh, they, they need to take these into consideration and and uh, make sure that they acknowledge the concerns. Right, right. And and, and hopefully build in stuff that uh, that alleviates some of those concerns. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, I doubt that all the... None, the concerns are never going to completely go away by the very oh, nature sure, of the sure. product. Yeah, and, and especially... Um, I also wanted to put in, in, in this day and age, uh, you know, traditionally federal law and the uh, Wiretap Act dictated that it was illegal, actually, to record people without their knowledge in in most states. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the law was a little bit sticky and varied here and there. But um, back in 2010, a uh, case went to the Second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in which a woman was on her deathbed and did not have a will. Um, she she died, actually, without creating a will. Her son, as it turned out, had recorded a conversation among uh, his, his mother and a bunch of their family members right before she passed about what would happen to her estate. And he wound up using this in court to uh, to prove his case about what he wanted to happen. Mm-hmm. And um, someone else said, oh, no, you can't use that. You, ne- you didn't tell us that we, we were being recorded. That's illegal. And the court said, no, nah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I mean, basically, they said that as long as you're not planning on using a recording for illegal purposes, gotcha. it's not like, like to, it's no longer illegal to make a recording to of people without their or consent. Something. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's 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 a sticky situation. It's tricky, and of course, those laws are going to vary depending upon what uh, country you're in. Or oh, sure, even, sure. Even from state to even state. Even from state to state, and uh, and I'm I'm kind of curious to see what this kind of technology is going to do to laws like that in the future. Oh yeah, th- we're going to definitely see some legislation uh, that'll be maybe not directly tied to Google Glass, but at least to the culture of having these cameras everywhere all the time. It's amazing that more of it hasn't happened already, considering the fact that, I mean, you know, uh, citizen journalism has taken off like crazy over the last several years once smartphones really became a thing. And uh, and the cameras and cell phones got good enough to capture pretty high quality, in some cases, extremely high quality video. Uh, So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that develops. Um, I, I would hope that perhaps the people who who purchase the Google Glass product uh, also keep in mind the concerns of people around them. And I think that it may be one of those things that as a, a cultural thing or a social thing, we adopt a way that's polite in that uh, we can say, hey, would you mind would not you mind? wearing that uh-huh. while we're here because I find it uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. And if there's some way to do that in a way that you know does not upset 
the person who's wearing them or the person who's making the request, then that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and if it's an event where it's like, but this is a party where everyone's having fun, I was kind of hoping to capture that. That's the whole reason why I brought them. Mm-hmm. Then you can end up having the conversation and decide, you know, who's being the unreasonable one. Right. And if you're both being perfectly reasonable, then you get to split the party directly down the middle huh. and no one crosses the line. And the guy who doesn't want to be on camera is, I don't know. I don't know what you do. I don't don't know. know. What What, what do you do? Yeah. um, I was reading an Engadget article and uh, Joshua Fullinger, Mm -hmm. I believe is how you say it. I I really apologize to this fine gentle sir um, if uh, if I've just butchered his name. But he said, it isn't a privacy issue really. We're over that. It's a matter of trust. And I thought that that was a good summation. That's a good point. And, And now keep in mind also that a lot of the concerns are more like, well, sure, you know, if I'm if I'm having lunch with Lauren, I trust Lauren. I don't think Lauren's going. It's not in her best interest to make me look bad. <laughs> right? I'm tied up in too much of her stuff. Um, but uh, but no, I, I trust her not to do anything that would end up making me look bad or making us look bad, making the show look bad. No, I trust her completely. But when it would come to what what about like if she were wearing the Google Glass and recording a conversation just because it was kind of fun and silly, but then something in the back backgrounds going on uh-huh. like there's where the concern comes in like yeah i trust lauren mm-hmm. but the dude two tables behind me who's meeting a woman who is not his wife uh at lunch may not trust lauren uh-huh. and, so, and yeah and google google is not necessarily terrific at uh, blurring out faces even in street view which is uh relatively small compared to what google glass could become yeah so so, so obviously this is one of those things that's going to require a lot of thought yeah. on all parties and i'm sure that that mark hurst's uh uh, article is probably not the only one that has addressed this. And I'm sure uh, many of our listeners probably have their own opinions about this subject. And, you know, where do you fall on the side of the promise of this technology versus the way it might compromise your privacy or the people around you? Like, what do you think about it? Do you think that it's it's a worthy trade-off? Do you think there's no trade-off at all? Or do you think that maybe this is a technology that is better as a concept but should not become a physical product? I, I'm curious to hear what you think. I think uh, it'd be great to hear from you. So why don't you send us an email? And if you have any suggestions for future episodes of Tech Stuff, throw that in there, too. Remember, we've got episode 500 right around the corner, so that's going to be a blast. Send us an email. Our address is techstuffatdiscovery.com or drop us a message on Facebook or Twitter. You can find our handle. It is techstuffhsw. And Lauren and I will talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com.